Hey you, it's your host Sharon Lin, and welcome back to Come Along. Today we have Roger Lin in the studio. Say hi. Hey, what's up? So Roger <laughs> Lin is a jazz guitarist, composer, and improviser based in Brooklyn, New York, and the United States. He's performed in many venues in and around Brooklyn, Massachusetts, Japan, and Taiwan, where he's from. He's played with musicians Simone Wilson, Moshe Elmakias, and、yeah. Fear Grenadier. Roger, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and before we start, I like to give a very quick note to the listeners out there. So, jazz is a music genre originated in the African American communities in the U.S. This is very important that we want to point out. In case you don't know, go look it up, read up a little bit of history about jazz. It's something very important. So, Roger, I know like you've been mostly you've been living in Brooklyn most of the times, and I know you recently came back to Taiwan for a very short visit. Is that right? Yes. Uh, but、um, yeah, it's it's mostly for、uh, this, this trip.、Uh, it's mostly for visiting my family. So、mm. so yeah, it's been great. It's been two years, so I'm having a good time. So I know that you're originally from Taiwan, and you went to the U.S. to study music, to study jazz, and then you've been mostly working in the U.S. And I'm really curious: Have you always wanted to be a jazz musician since you were a kid? No, of course not.、Mm-hmm. Like I think、uh, it's a great question.、Um, for for most people. Who's ever played music in Taiwan? A lot, of, most of the musicians that are from here, as far as I know, we all like start from、uh, playing ca- classical music, right? Oh yeah, and, and I think you did as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's like it's it's sort of、um, like you just don't get the exposure and information of like jazz and other you know forms of music as much as you know you you have in classical music here. Oh yeah, I I feel like since I also grew up in Taiwan, I felt like I again like I have to put it out there. I really know I had so much to learn about jazz and including classical music. But I feel like the music scene here in Taiwan is you don't see jazz that often as other different genres. I would say. Yeah, I I, I agree. Like um up up until like maybe a decade ago, I would say, and um I I was lucky like. When I was around twenty years old, something I I started late actually, but you know I always、mm. I played piano when I was a kid and I played guitar since I was a kid, but up until I was like twenty twenty one, that was the time when I first um uh learned about jazz and it's just something um that clicked for me.、Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I think the harmony aspect of the music really、uh, attracts me. That's when I started. Yeah, so you're an up and coming jazz musician, and we actually originally met when we were in university. So、um, we majored in English, and we met at school. So I'm really curious, what was the transition like, moving from being an English major to studying jazz in the U.S.? And where did you go to school in the U.S.? I went to Berklee College of Music, and before, yeah, we did the English program here together. And it was, you know, to me, like there wasn't really a transition. Like if you think about、uh, the degrees, it is a transition. Like to me, I've I've always played music.、Uh, I was playing the whole time when I was there,、um, doing English program, and I think English program helped me、um, definitely a lot in a lot of ways. Um, in terms of like appreciation, different cultures. So、uh, I I don't think it's like an opposite or like completely different thing. You know where like you do you you're doing English and all of a sudden like oh you're going to jazz. To me like it was it was sort of like a similar path. But I always play music, so it wasn't really a transition.、Mm. For me, and I, I I knew that I was going to like try to go to music school after. Okay, so you already knew that you wanted to do this after university. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I always wanted to go to music school. I I I didn't know that if I would actually go, but it was sort of a thing, you know, in the back of my head. I I would say kind of like you knew this will this will happen, and it's like kind of mysterious feeling that you you know this will happen.
and, and kind of your body and your mind sort of prepared yourself for it in a way. And I'm really curious because you mentioned that you started with playing classical piano. What do you think that getting trained in classical music first helped inform you becoming a jazz composer later on? Yeah, big time. I think to me, like your first instrument is really important. Like I, I've been teaching a lot of kids and I teach them piano, I teach them guitar. And I think about this a lot, like your first instrument affects the way you think about music um, a lot, even, you know, years after. So like for me, I still write, I would say 50% of my music on piano. So it's even though, you know, my main yeah. instrument is guitar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The classical training for me, it because classical music is a very disciplined music. Like the the harmony rules are there. It's very strict, and then it teaches you how to hear things. You know, like mm. how this sound is going to that sound, how this sound is going to resolve to that sound, and stuff like that. So you hear the sounds, and then the way you hear it, and then the way you process it. Like at least for me, that's what classical music gave me. So it, it really influenced me a lot um, in terms of composing, that's for sure. Mm, and I want to kind of circle back to your time at Berklee College of Music a little bit. In an environment at, at Berklee College of Music, you meet so many musicians. What's a typical day like studying music at Berklee and how much time do you spend practicing your instruments? I would say on average, there was a time, you know, like there was a time that I practiced you know, five to six hours a day. But, you know, not every year is like that. Sometimes I practice two, three hours a day. And, you know, like lately I've been preparing, like preparing for my album. So there's, you know, different things going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which we're going to talk more later. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. So I got less time to practice. Mm. Or sometimes I, I'm more inspired to writing. Sometimes I, I don't practice and just listen to music. But, you know, I, I, I try to play every day. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. Like I have to play every day. And what are some very big impacts that studying at Berkeley has informed you, either from your teachers, instructors, or from the classmates that you met? That's, I think that it's a lot, but it's not something that's so, like, concrete. Like, oh, Berkeley gives me this information, mm. and it's from, I learned a lot about theories, I learned, a, you know, like, those things. Of course they do, but it's, it's more than that, I think. Because, you, you know, you can learn theory, or you, you can learn anything, like, technical by just looking it up online these days so for me it was more like you know I, I met a lot of very talented people and interact with them I listen to what they listen to mm. and I listen to their playing and I play with them and and yeah and that affects my practice my way of thinking practice and my way of thinking about music and develop a better appreciation to music if that makes sense that's that's what music school gives me I, I feel like it's the environment Yes, yeah, I would say environment is very important. Yeah, yeah uh, instead of the actual, um, you know, the curriculum and stuff. Yeah, on a note of environment, because um, Berkeley College of Music is not too far away from the famous Wally's Jazz Club. So I know you performed there regularly before. And what was it like um, performing there? And how did this com uh, opportunity come about? Yeah, um, Wally's Jazz Club is, is a very historic place. But, you know, like the place is flooded with like students musicians basically okay so like people similar to you when you were studying at berkeley yes okay. so they have music every night from from monday to yeah. to sunday i've been there before yeah the yeah. vibe is really incredible yeah, yeah. and um they so f basically they have like from 5 30 p.m to like 
1 a.m. or something. They have different student bands playing every day, and the Friday night and the Saturday night from like 10 to 12 is like sort of like the headliner kind of thing, like the bigger name artists. So usually it's the Jason Palmer、uh, Quartet. That's playing there. So I played there just like most of the students from Berkeley and like was it like、NEC. you reach out to them? No, I I was like called to、oh, play、wow. with this trumpet player. And, okay.、Um, How did you meet this trumpet player? And、uh, in school. Okay. In school. Yeah, his name is Christian Conti, and it's kind of fun. Like he he likes to、uh, he also does stand up comedy. So like <laughs> he likes to do、Very、a little. Very talented. Yeah. He likes to do jokes in between sets, which is funny. Oh yeah, that sounds incredible. I feel like what <laughs> I what I really appreciate about like a jazz performance is actually, at least for me, I feel the interaction and just the the atmosphere is really incredible. It's something it's really hard to compare. Say, well, I don't know. Like people probably could say, oh, you can listen to jazz music on on the radio or on the internet, but like nothing really compares to I think like experiencing that performance live. Yeah. yeah, it's it's definitely the music that you need to experience live. And、it's、I'm curious,、thing. like as a performer on stage, do you sense the different atmosphere or the energy that the audience is giving? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. The crowds can definitely change the way you play. Oh, really? And, yeah, for sure. How how so? I'm really curious. I mean, it's just that you feel the energy, you feel the excitement, you. You do things differently, you know, and it's an imp- improvisational music. So hearing everything. Like at the moment, and then you play something in response to what you're hearing. So yeah, like the the crowds definitely change things. Yeah, I feel like on that note, I I've seen several live jazz jam sessions, and yours included actually. So I would describe it as a really fascinating conversation between different instruments. And this is me describing as someone who knows very little about jazz. But I'm curious, how would you describe a jam session, and how does each player? Know when is their time to quote unquote join the conversation, and、yeah. they know where the conversation is going. The jam session thing is is based on there's a structure behind this, so it's the the way that you know this music is being played over the years. There's a repertoire. So a lot of the jazz standards, so-called、mm-hmm. jazz standards, or the music from the Great American Songbook, are are music that's from, you know, like the old movies, like from the 20s to like 60s. Those black and white movies, and a lot of the theme songs were played by the jazz musicians at the time. So that what they do is that they would play the the the, the theme, and they would start improvising after playing the theme. So then there's the theme, the song, and there's the improvisational section, and then they would play the song again as to finish the song. So it, the structure was established by. The way they played at the time, and so the improvisational、um, section became there's room and freedom for people to join, for different people to play differently, but over the same structure, which is the song that they were playing, the theme they were playing. So there were like you know I would say a couple hundreds of songs that that's like what people played, sort of developed into something that every jazz musician should know. So every jazz musician has to. Be able to play a certain amount of repertoire by heart, and then that's why when you go to a jam session, you hear somebody playing、mm, one like, oh, song. Oh, something you knew. Yes, and then you're like, oh, I I know this one, and then you can jump in, and then you know it's always like this, right? The theme and the improvisational section, and then the theme again.、Mm. So during the improvisational section, one person takes takes the solo, and other people play around him. So that became like a conversational. 
situation, right? Because you have a drummer, usually you have a drummer, you have a bass player, you have a piano player, a guitar player, and a horn player. So let's say the horn player takes a solo, everybody plays around him, and then you move on to the next horn player. So you can have, you know, like millions of people. And it's so fascinating because as a listener, it's just like, how, how do you know like when to jump in and also how long would this improvisation section last? And also just, it's just really fascinating. I, I really want to know like the inside scoop in a way. That's a, that's a very good question. Like usually at the jam sessions, right? People just try to play. So mm. we would want everybody to get a chance to play. So music is not like the priority, I would say. It's sort of like, okay, we're playing this. And then, okay, you know this, okay, come play. And then you know this too, come play. So we all play. Right. But if you're actually doing like your own gig or you're actually playing record a song, you can't have like millions of people improvise, improvising forever. Right. Mm -hmm. So then you think about that, like where the music wants to go and where the music wants to finish. You, you try to figure out where the music wants to go more. You mean, was that all figured out on stage when you're performing? I was like, you plan it out before you talk to the musicians. I really don't know. And I'm really just... Both, both exist. Both. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, it could exist both both ways. But but yeah, music itself tells you how to, you know, where it wants to go. Like, it, you just have to figure out, basically. Then have you found yourself in a situation that, okay, you're on stage performing with other musicians, either yourself or other musicians, could be one or like two at the same time. They quote, they kind of quote unquote made a very interesting decision and how would that unfold and how do you all know where this music is going like um, it was unexpected or does this happen I don't, I don't, i'm really you mean like yeah. when people play wrong things not really wrong things but it just probably let me rephrase the question has there been any situation that someone okay improvise a little bit you don't really know how to pick that up no not really so what you want to do is like you're you're playing with other people but you you should be able to stand alone you know what i'm saying like so even so if nobody knows this tune oh there's two measures that everybody's messing it up you should still be able to play mm -hmm. and then you should still be able to um tell other people this is this is what it is here musically speaking so like yeah th like that could totally that could definitely change the music but it's a jam session, you know, so it's like, mm -hmm. it's okay. And this is part one of my interview with Roger. So stay tuned for part two coming out next Monday. I'll see you then.